98K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Kenny Hodgart. The headlines this lunchtime, home prices fall to their lowest in three and a half years. They were down 7.4% in August compared to the same month last year. Customs officers arrest a 38-year-old man in connection with laundering $370 million. And the government says it will stop recognising more than 20,000 vaccine pass exemption certificates issued by seven private doctors from October the 12th. Home prices have fallen to their lowest in three and a half years. The latest government data show the private domestic price index stood at 368.2 in August, the lowest reading since February 2019. Prices for private flats were 2.3% less last month than in July and were down 7.4% compared to August last year. The rental index, however, rose to 179.7 in August from 178.4 in July. A pedestrian has died and five other people have been injured after a truck hit a number of vehicles before running onto a pavement in Kwantong last night. The truck rammed into the front of a Bank of China branch before finally coming to a halt. Todd Harding reports. Police said they received a call about the fatal accident near the intersection of Fu Yan Street and Shui Wall Street at about 9pm. They said the crash involved a 5.5-tonne truck, a light goods vehicle, a coach, two taxis and a minibus. Officers said a 65-year-old man who was hit during the multiple collisions was rushed unconscious to hospital where he was declared dead. Three passengers in the truck and the drivers of the light goods vehicle and the minibus were also hurt. The 65-year-old truck driver was arrested for dangerous driving causing death and is being detained for inquiries. Customs officers have arrested a 38-year-old man in connection with laundering $370 million. Officers allege that the man set up 15 accounts at various banks and opened a shell company to handle over 1,500 suspicious transactions between September 2019 and May of this year. The department says it will continue its investigations and does not rule out making further arrests. The government says that from October the 12th it will stop recognising more than 20,000 vaccine pass exemption certificates issued by seven private doctors. The doctors are accused of issuing the documents without holding medical consultations. Mike Weeks reports. The authorities said e-health records show that the certificates issued by the seven private doctors account for more than half of all the vaccine pass exemptions currently in circulation. Patients who hold them are urged to consult other medical practitioners. Six of the doctors have been arrested, while a seventh is wanted by the police. One who works at a clinic on Lychicock Road was detained yesterday. The 65-year-old is alleged to have issued 3,196 exemption certificates from February to May. An expert on children's development says the recent abuse allegations involving a carer at a Pullung Cook childcare centre have highlighted the need for more training and support, not only for childcare workers but for teachers and parents as well. Associate Professor Patrick Ip from the University of Hong Kong's Department of Paediatrics and Adolescent Medicine said that aside from inspections and enforcement of laws, resources should be put into promoting positive interactions with children and to changing people's mindsets over the use of physical punishments. 
prevention work is far more important uh, because positive parenting should be the way to go in order to empower the parents as well as other childcare how to properly handle the emotional problems and also the behavioural needs of young children rather than using physical means including corporal punishment to stop their the improper behaviour. The US ambassador to the UN, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, has told the Security Council that Washington will be tabling a resolution condemning what she termed the sham referendums by Russia in four recent regions it partly occupies in Ukraine. But China's UN ambassador, Zhang Jun, told the council that US talk of further sanctions against Russia would only lead to a dead end. Moscow has claimed almost total support in the votes on joining Russia. Its UN ambassador is Vasily Nebendia. The referendum was conducted exclusively, transparently, upholding all electoral norms. This is an undisputed fact. However, the Kiev regime and its partners want to say anything to the contrary. More than 100 independent international observers monitored it from 40 countries and were particularly surprised by how enthusiastic people were about the referendum. Unfortunately, you won't hear this. The UN's nuclear watchdog says new explosions and shelling have hit the Zaporizhia power plant in Ukraine. The IAEA said there was no damage to structures and equipment at the Russian-occupied plant, but the head of the agency, Rafael Grossi, warned that the incidents highlighted the urgent need for protection zone around the plant. Several Baltic countries say sabotage was probably the cause of a rare gas leak that that has hit crucial Russian-controlled pipelines. Gas flows in the Nord Stream 1 pipeline were stopped in August and the Nord Stream 2 pipeline never became operational. Denmark, Sweden and Poland said the leaks seemed to be deliberate acts. The Polish Foreign Minister Zbigniew Rao said sabotage had to be considered. If this were the case, this would mean that someone wanted to perhaps intimidate Baltic Sea states, with the exception of Russia right now. All of them are already NATO member states or aspiring member states. Iran's state media say security agents have arrested Faizi Hashemi, the daughter of the former president Akbar Hashemi Rafsanjani, for inciting rioters in the east of the country. She's an outspoken critic of the Iranian establishment. Her detention on Tuesday came on the 12th day of protests following the death of a young woman, Masa Amini, held in custody. Protests demanding greater personal rights and freedom in Iran are taking place across the world. This woman spoke at a protest in Argentina. I want people all over the world to know that Iranians, Muslims and Iranian are also burning their hijab because the hijab is oppression in Iran. Other places, not necessarily. And so when I see them, when I see what's happening in Iran, I feel really happy, I feel really hopeful. I feel like something is going to change. The Indian government has announced an immediate five-year ban on a prominent Muslim organisation and its affiliates. Officials suspect the Popular Front of India to be linked to Islamist militancy. The PFI has been declared to be an unlawful association. On Tuesday, police raided PFI premises in seven Indian states and arrested more than 100 people. 
The US Coast Guard has seized heroin worth an estimated 83 million US dollars from a fishing vessel in the Gulf of Oman. This report from the BBC's Sebastian Usher. The bags of heroin were piled high by members of a US Coast Guard team on their fast response boat that intercepted a vessel carrying some 2,400 kilograms of heroin. The multinational naval force that patrols the region says it's the biggest drugs haul seized by international naval forces in the Middle East so far this year. The heroin was moving along a much-used trail in the Indian Ocean. Dubbed the Hashish Highway, it traverses the Gulf of Oman, then passes the Horn of Africa and into the Red Sea. Cargoes of methamphetamines, as well as heroin and hashish, are then smuggled into Europe. Weather forecasters in the US have expanded their storm warnings for the western coast of Florida with Hurricane Ian set to hit the state with winds of up to 260 kilometres an hour today. Ian, currently a Category 3 storm, is expected to keep intensifying as it heads across the Gulf of Mexico. The mayor of Tampa, Jane Castor, explained what preparations were being made. Our Parks and Recreation passed out almost 100,000 sandbags. We opened up 16 Parks and Rec locations for children uh, whose parents had to go to work. Uh, Those facilities have all been closed down for the storm. People are heeding the warning to evacuate to safer grounds. The hurricane caused widespread damage in western Cuba. Tens of thousands of Cubans in low-lying coastal areas were told to leave their homes. Members of a far-right U.S. militia, the Oath Keepers, are going on trial for sedition in the most high-profile case to stem from the assault on the U.S. Capitol building last year. Jury selection has begun ahead of opening statements in the trial. Five members of the Oath Keepers, including its leader, Stuart Rhodes, face the rarely used charge of seditious conspiracy. From Washington, the BBC's Barbara Pletusher reports. Stuart Rhodes and his followers are accused of plotting to oppose the peaceful transfer of power. Prosecutors say the Oath Keepers trained and planned for the violent attack on the U.S. Capitol and that they coordinated among themselves to lead it, stockpiling weapons and breaking through police lines in military-style units. The defendants have pleaded not guilty, but the trial is the most significant case yet related to the storming of the Capitol. U.S. regulators have fined 16 major financial firms a combined $1.1 billion for failing to maintain and preserve electronic communications. The Securities and Exchange Commission said the firm's long-running record-keeping failures had breached the system of trust that allowed the financial sector to operate with proper oversight and integrity. The International Monetary Fund has criticised fiscal plans by Britain's new government, warning they could undermine monetary policy and were likely to increase inequality in the country. The value of the pound sterling slumped to an all-time low since the finance minister announced sweeping tax cuts to be funded by borrowing. The BBC's Michelle Fleury has this report. One of the roles of the International Monetary Fund is to act as an early economic warning system and it has just sounded the alarm over the UK's new tax and spending plans. In a statement, the fund warned, given elevated inflation pressures in many countries, including the UK, we do not recommend large and untargeted fiscal packages. Even more pointedly, it suggested that the November 23rd budget presented an opportunity for the government to re-evaluate tax measures, especially those that benefit high-income earners. 
To sport and in football, Spain are through to the finals in football's UEFA Nations League. They stunned Portugal 1-0 thanks to a last-minute goal from Alvaro Morata. Spain joined the Netherlands, Croatia and Italy in next year's Final Four. Football journalist Samra Hunter says Spain's latest win could take some pressure off their coach, Luis Enrique. He's quite a divisive figure. People either love him or they hate him. So a lot of people are not necessarily happy with things that have been happening lately. They feel that Spain lack a lot of bite up top, that they need to have another number nine, that Morata perhaps isn't the right man for the job. They need to have more goals. There is a point to be said for that. While defensively, they're a little bit too leaky. They need to shore things up at the back as well. So there's a lot of criticism to go around whenever it comes to Luis Enrique. We do have to give him a little bit of patience because things can't happen very quickly. We don't have this generation that we had back in 2008, 2010, 12, when they were winning everything under the sun. There's still more work to be done. As we said, they're in the cycle of trying to reach those heights again, but we're not quite there yet. In League B, Serbia gained promotion after a 2-0 win in Norway. Scotland have also been promoted after a 0-0 draw with Ukraine. The BBC's Alistair Bruce Ball was watching. This can't make up for the disappointment of missing out on the World Cup for Scotland fans, but what a night in Krakow, what a performance and what a plan perfectly executed by Steve Clark's team, which brings them important rewards. They were without at least five first-choice players against a fresh, talented Ukrainian team, but in the end held them pretty comfortably, bar an early scare when Andrei Yarmolenko volleyed over the bar from close range. Hibs centre-back Ryan Porteous was superb on his debut, but Scotland was superb to a man. They're now promoted to the top tier of the Nations League. They move up into the second pot of seeds for the Euro 2024 qualifying draw and now have a guaranteed place in the playoffs if they don't qualify automatically. And they thoroughly deserve it. Two basketball players in Mali have apologised after fighting each other at the Women's World Cup in Sydney. The scuffle took place in the media zone and was caught on camera while a Serbia player was being interviewed. Serbia had defeated Mali 81-68, a result that took the African team out of contention. After another another loss on Tuesday to Canada in their final group game, Mali's Salimatu Kuruma, who threw punches at her teammate, gave this apology. Hi everyone, um, we're here to apologize for the image that was going on the social media. It was not our intention. We was uh, frustrated because of the loss. So we're here to apologize to the role of the basketball, uh, FIBA World Cup. And we're here to apologize. We are sorry for the image. And a look at the weather, mainly cloudy with a few showers, sunny intervals during the day with a maximum temperature of around 31 degrees. The current temperature is 29 with relative humidity of 72%. And a look at the top stories once again. Home prices have fallen to their lowest in three and a half years. Customs officers have arrested a man in connection with laundering $370 million and the government says it will stop recognising more than 20,000 vaccine pass exemption certificates issued by seven private doctors. The news from RTHK. On your radio and live online, this is The Brew Till Two. Truth is it's happy and happy Since you cashed out and you moved out to the valley Now you're standing alone at some party Keep silent, don't tell nobody 
Tantrums on Radio 3 and don't ever let... It's Wednesday afternoon. Hope you enjoyed your lunch. It's 17 minutes past one o'clock Wednesday on this programme. is always Classical Music Day, one way or another. Our mate Colin Touchin will be back as soon as he can, still on his travels out there. So what we're going to do today is take you to the opera and meet the wonderful tenor and producer Warren Mock, who's been on the programme a few times before. Great guy. He's going to tell you all about the most famous fallen woman to ever grace the stage, La Traviata, a.k.a. Violetta. Now, Opera Hong Kong is going to be putting on Verdi's masterpiece next month. Fairly soon, actually. Great cast, international soloists and the Hong Kong Philharmonic. So I'm going to say hi to Warren probably in about seven or eight minutes. See 